Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to E5, Who You Talking To? I appreciate you being in the space with me. Here's the rundown. I'm going to share my mindless rambles, concerns, and opinions. You may choose to listen. Then afterwards, I'm going to ask you to follow me all over the internet because I'm at EFabulousHB everywhere. My blog, my name, Facebook, Twitter, you got it. It's my sincerest hope that my humanity inspires, excites, and touches your humanity. All right, so let's start the show. Okay, so this episode is making me anxious. You know why? Because I'm about to talk about my social anxiety. The first thing I want to say is if you're like me and have extreme social anxiety, or even if you have a little bit of social anxiety, please get the help that you need. There is nothing wrong in talking to a licensed therapist or um, seeking help through the counselors through your work EAP. Please, please, please hear me out. There is nothing wrong with getting help. Um, That's what they're here to do to help us be uh, better and help us get over these challenges that we experience in our humanities. Okay, so with that said, all right, let's start the show. So um, I have really bad social anxiety. In fact, I'm going through it today. Um, Let me give you a little backstory. So I am actually... Uh, somewhat of a social creature in certain settings. Um, I used to call myself the mouth of the south side of Chicago when I was in high school. Um, I love to be in a mix. Um, I partied all through my 20s and 30s. Good Lord, I'm surprised my liver is still going. Um, I'm very much that type of girl you can take to an art gallery, you can take to a business function. I mean, you can take me anywhere and I will have a conversation with anybody because I can find common ground on anything. Unless, of course, it's at a Klan rally or a country music festival. So with that said, it's so ironic to me that um, I let my social anxiety spin out of control. Um, I've had social anxiety since my mid-20s. It started when I went to a party with my best friend and I remember all day before I picked her up and we went to the party, I was actually really concerned about what people thought about me, what people were going to think about me. And I wasn't raised that way. My mother raised me and my dad raised me to not care what other people think because my mom was like you shouldn't give a fuck about what other people think the most important thing is what you think of yourself so I've always I've always 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 been very confident very proud of who I am but this one particular time and I can remember it very vividly uh, I'm starting to get goosebumps thinking about it is I wore this really pretty dress and I am not shaped like a I guess a traditional black woman I don't know I don't even know what that means but anyway I don't have a butt and I don't have hips I'm just like titties and legs <laughs> that's all I am breasts and legs um and stomach now at the age of 46 <laughs> but back then that's all I was was like legs and breasts and I have extremely dark skin and uh thick hair um and a thick nose like I'm quintessentially black honey <laughs> 
I am definitely a black person who is a descendant of American chattel slaves. Um, and I make no apologies for that. So that one particular day, I cared about what people thought when they saw me. Now, mind you, I was walking into the party with one of the baddest chicks in Chicago because my best friend is like black Barbie. She, I mean, her cheekbones are magical. She's stunningly gorgeous. So I've always felt safe around my best friend because I'm just like, you know, this, this what's up. And I realized that a part of my social anxiety is fear. And I realized that I've always had an incredible knack for creating safe spaces for myself. So at this point, going to this party, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe or comfortable in my own being. And I was keenly aware that I was going to be judged walking into this space. So that's where my social anxiety started. But I was able to kind of quelch it because... When you're in your 20s and you put on some badass heels and a beautiful dress and, you're no, and you know you're beautiful, you can get over it. Well, over time, that just kind of built up. And when I moved to New York, I would go to these hip-hop parties. And I love hip-hop music. I love music in general. I'm a former girl DJ. I have a vast knowledge of music. But I was going into these spaces where these people weren't my tribe. So when you put yourself in spaces where people are not your tribe, I've, I feel bad things come from that. Bad feelings come from that. And so I was putting myself into spaces where these ain't your people. Like all skin folks ain't your kin folks. And so... I would be wondering what people thought of me in those spaces. Now, when I DJed and I would go out among strangers and kind of tell a story with music, I would, that, that's my John. I was in my element. And I would meet strangers and have these engaging conversations around music. And I was like, okay, these are my people. So there is definitely a fear um, or feeling socially unsafe that triggers my so triggers my social anxiety. And then when I moved to England, I felt like I had to fit in with my ex-husband's friends, but I was a black American in a new country uh, surrounded around white British people. And I didn't know if they had a diverse set of friends and it didn't look like they did. And I didn't want to dumb myself down or play into any type of racist tropes. So I would always go to parties thinking like, what the fuck are these people? Like, you know, in America, I don't care what white Americans think about me. You know, either you're racist or you're not. I'm not going to deal with it. But because these were his friends and I loved him and I was trying to build a new life, I felt like I needed to fit in. And it drove me mad, really. And so I covered up my social anxiety with drinking. And by this time, I was an alcoholic and I didn't admit it to myself, but I drank to cover the fear and it always seeped out <laughs> at some point. Like I would get sloshed. It was embarrassing. And then it was a cycle because I would get sloshed and I would be embarrassed and I would see these same people again and I would feel really uncomfortable. And it's because I felt socially unsafe. 
and there was I didn't have nobody that was in my tribe so I think that that was probably um, the pinnacle of my social anxiety at that time and then um, when I got divorced and I had to re- kind of restart my life over yeah that's when it just came back like fucking tenfold because here I was I was feeling unloved I was divorced I'm single I'm a black woman um and it just was like every possible bad trope that I think people could think about me was in my head and so I would go out to social settings and I would be there physically but in my mind I felt scared and unsafe so that's been building up. Let's see, I've been divorced for like, what, six years? So <laughs> my social anxiety has been building up for the past six years. But I'm brave enough to talk about it now because it's hit fever pitch, right? It's, it is literally stopping me from doing a lot of stuff with the friends that I love, the friends that I feel safe with. So, um, and the reason I did this episode is because today... I was supposed to go out with my homegirl. Like, this is somebody that I love. Like, you know, if they throw a chair in a fight, I'm going to throw a chair. <laughs> like, this is like my big sister. And I have, like, said to her, like, four times, like, okay, I'm trying to pray and muster up the power to come out the house. Because for several months now, People will invite me out and I will find a reason to barricade myself in the house. And then, of course, I stay in the house all day Saturday and um, Sunday comes and I'm like, I should have went outside. The weekend is over. And then that makes me feel sad. So I have like peak anxiety, barricade myself in the house, and then I feel sad like I missed out. So I have serious FOMO. But then I would tell myself like, fuck that. Uh, Fuck the motherfuckers you know stay safe and then it starts over again I'm like yeah no okay nobody invites me out but that's you can't live your life that way um and I I don't believe that you can live your life that way because I spent the first half of my life being brave going places that I'd never been before meeting people that I never thought I would ever meet hearing stories from so many interesting people so uh what I'm doing right now is an act of self-harm in some way if I don't get my social anxiety under control. So, yeah, feeling socially unsafe. Definitely a trigger for my anxiety. And then um, another thing that triggers my social anxiety is that Western society hates dark-skinned black women. Bar none. Um, It doesn't matter all throughout my life. It doesn't matter how intelligent I am, how gorgeous I am, what purse, what shoes, what clothes I have on, I've I have been in situations where someone has always tried to marginalize me. Um, and when you are a dark-skinned black woman and you don't fit into the racist tropes that so many people are invested in or you don't fit into what people think black women should be like, um, you're weird. You're an outlier. And I'm okay with that. You know, as my uh, mama used to say, you don't want to be common. So, yeah, I don't want to be common, um, but I also don't want to be made to feel as though my humanity is less or it is something to be gawked at like a freak in a freak show because you yourself are inept socially and you haven't evolved. 
Um, but that goes back to being in situations or environments with people who make you feel socially unsafe. Um, a lot of times black women feel socially unsafe because, hey, uh, society doesn't like black women. Um, and they don't really like intelligent black women. I've, that I have noticed. Um, so there is a feeling of erasure and feeling invisible. Um, sometimes I do feel that way, but other times I feel hyper uh, aware that I'm the outlier because one, I'm five nine, barefoot, and in heels, I am six one, six two. Uh, I have a badass mohawk, <laughs> and um, I'm avant-garde, left to my own devices. I'm going to wear some shit. I'm just going to be in my head. I'm going to be on my own walkway, and just mortals have to deal with it. Like, honey, you're just going to have to deal with us. So I then put myself into situations, or I go meet friends, and I'm like, oh, like, you just got me here on some dumb shit. <laughs> like I stand out like a sore thumb. And so, you know, I try not to, I, I mean, I come from very humble beginnings. I'm from 79th street in Chicago and I grew up in fucking abject poverty. Um, uh, we didn't have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. So I realized that my social mobility is directly related to the fact I, had educational excellence and was able to leverage that into having a great career and traveling around the world and opening myself up to globalism, right? Um, but I do try to not judge and go to different things that I have not experienced in my life because there is a large part of um, black experiences that I've never had. I, I didn't have time to have them because I was always on my grind with school and trying to do new things and building my career. So I get into these spaces, though. I'm the odd man out. And I realized that. And I realized that that makes me so freaking fucking uncomfortable. And with that said, I realized that I'm invited into a lot of um, predominantly white spaces. And because I'm the only black person there feel really socially unsafe and really uncomfortable so you know it depends on the environment and the environment is not necessarily uh related to race yeah um so yeah there um what socializing means to me now is kind of um confounded i guess because I'm spoiled. I've always been around intelligent people. Like all of my friends are super duper smart. And I realize that's not by accident. It's by design. I mean, like even my co-parent, I mean, you could put a book in front of him and be like, can you read this book? He will inhale the book and be able to spit it out to you as though he wrote it. I love, love, love smart people. I'm always around smart people. And I realize that socializing for me is engaging in conversation, having a good wine, uh, feeling pretty, feeling wanted, hearing other people's stories, dancing. I love to dance. I love, love, love to dance. I love music and uh, maybe having some good food, you know, but that's what socializing means to me now at 46 years of age. 
Um, I'm not a street person. I, yeah, I ain't twerking. I don't know the latest dances. I just literally want to have a good time. I want to smile a lot. I want to learn. I want to have a knowledge exchange. I might be asking for too much, but yeah, that's what socializing means to me now. And so, um, I try to put myself in situations where I know I'm going to feel socially safe and comfortable. So with that said, I've dribbled on so long about it. Um, If you have social anxiety and you are trying to get over it by going to different events, I applaud you. You are fucking brave. Okay. And we're going to be brave together because today I'm going to take my ass outside. (laughs) And I hope I don't end up in the bathroom in tears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's real because I am a crybaby. I will lock my ass in the bathroom and be like how the fuck do I get out of this <laughs> but if you like me are trying to take those steps so that you can quell your social anxiety and get help and get therapy then I applaud you I want you guys to wish me luck okay um, and what makes this even scary is that I no longer, uh, due to my health concerns and my chronic illness, I can no longer depend on alcohol to cover my social anxiety, which I think is a beautiful thing. So I I ain't finna be up in the spot sloshed. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Um, But I am driving my own car. So worst case scenario, I could just ride out. (laughs) So that's your girl talking about social anxiety. Okay. Hey, if you like this uh, podcast episode and you feel like you want to have the discussion or chop it up, I welcome you to, you know, leave me some comments or whatever about how you deal with your social anxiety. Give me some points or tip, you know, tips. And um, I would prefer if it was from a Gen Xer or uh, millennial, somebody between the ages of 30 and 50. (laughs) so give me your tips and pointers on dealing with social anxiety i would love to hear it um i need help yeah okay i'm getting nervous just thinking about going to the spot okay so thank you for listening and uh have a great day wish me luck bye Oh my God, was it good for you? (laughs) It was good for me to have you in my space. Listen, I would love for you to share this podcast. Sharing is caring. I'm everywhere. I'm on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Medium, Instagram. And in 20 years, I may be my own app or a giant head stuck in a jar like uh, Futurama. (laughs) But I'm everywhere, so dig it. So share. I'm efabulousHB.com and at efabulousHB everywhere on the internet. So as always, it's been real. May you go out into the world a bit happier, joyful, or more damn astounded after listening to my podcast. More dribble from me is coming soon. Stay woke. God bless. Bye.